from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth to deal with lots of problems that they were having, lots of challenges that they were experiencing. And one of the things they had was divisions within their church, divisions over um, who had the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God alive in them would look like. And so he wrote this letter to answer many questions. And in chapter 12, he's dealing with that question the nature of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. One is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another varieties, various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one, and there are many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God Almighty, move among us this day so that we, your people, may always feel and sense your divine power and presence. For we need to know that we are never alone. And speak to us this day in such a way that we may always hear, understand, and remember. Give us your word by which you mold and shape our living. For we need your word to live eternally. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. In Israel, back in 2010, I remember spending time one afternoon at Caesarea Philippi, at the headwaters of the Jordan River, where the waters of that ancient river flow out from the springs under Mount Hermon. This is the place where in the Gospels, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was a somber place. There were temples to the pagan god Pan on the mountainside. Walking along the side of the river where the ruins of the city walls were clearly visible, one could feel close to where Jesus had been. Our group gathered by the 
side of the road with the ruins of the wall on one side and the headwaters of the Jordan River on the other side. And we read the passage from Matthew's Gospel where Peter makes his affirmation of Jesus as the Son of God. We then had a little free time to wander the archaeological ruins and to take in the scene to visit the Temple of Pan and to see where the sacrifices there to that pagan deity had been made or to the little temple there, the ruins of the temple to the Roman emperor that could still be seen today. And to wander around the ruins uh, apart from that temple complex of the town and to wander along the bank of the headwaters of the Jordan River. And when you looked around, as was true when you'd go to Israel, you'd look around, you see things very different from how they had been in Jesus' day. But you could also feel close to where Jesus and the disciples had been and walked. It was like going back in time, looking at the ruins, looking at the structures that had been built over the last 2,000 years. You still felt close to God. You could feel God's presence all around you. There, with the refreshing waters of the Jordan River flowing out from the springs under the base of Mount Hermon, one could almost drink in the refreshing flow of God's amazing grace. That's the way the means of grace are. The means of grace include the scriptures, and prayer, fasting, worship, service, giving, baptism, Holy Communion. Many other means of grace exist. Those are the biggies that most Christians identify and recognize as being the channels through which God's grace flows into the life of believers. Through them we drink deeply of the wonderful love and grace that God has for us. Through which the Holy Spirit feeds us nourishes us, empowers us, and changes us. These means of grace are those channels, those instruments that God has given us to enable us to live the life of a Christian. It's through these many means of grace that God, by the Holy Spirit, makes us the body of Christ, the church. And that's what the gift of the Spirit does for us. It makes us the church. And so on Pentecost Sunday, it is appropriate to recognize that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we and all of us everywhere, we're dispersed today. There's only a few in this sanctuary. You at home watching, you too are also the church. The church is not a building. The church is a people. The outcalled ones, the, the word is ecclesia, the outcalled ones of God, those whom God has called out to be part of his family, the family of Jesus. That's the church. And the church, the body of Christ, has been birthed by the very Spirit of God. And through the means of grace, we are fed and nourished and empowered to be the people of God. There is no such thing as a non-spirit-filled Christian. All Christians, all believers in Jesus, have the life of the Spirit of God within them. 
The way that spirit manifests itself within us varies from person to person, and we don't all have the same gifts, but we do have those gifts and graces. We do express the presence of God within us that God calls us to live and express. It's when we don't express the presence of the spirit of God within us that we get ourselves into trouble. When we resist the means of grace, when we struggle against doing that which God has called us to do, when we argue with God, oh God, I don't have time to pray right now. Oh God, I don't have time to read scripture right now. Oh God, I don't have time to serve my fellow human being right now. Oh God, I don't have time to worship right now. Oh God, choose somebody else to do this. I don't have time right now. When we argue with God, when we make excuses with God, we are resisting God's grace. When we say no to God's calling, we are resisting the calling of God that makes us the church. There are Christians who say that grace is irresistible. I disagree. Grace is very resistible. We do it all the time. We argue and say no to God. And that's what we're seeing right now. For just as the body, Paul writes, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. While we Christians like to subdivide ourselves into denominations, Methodists and Baptists and Lutherans and Episcopalians and Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox and Assembly of God and United Church of God and Church of Christ and United Church of Christ, the Disciples of Christ and the Church of Christ. When we divide ourselves up into these denominations, when it comes to this expression of the Christian faith, when it comes to our baptisms, when it comes to drinking in the one Spirit of God, when it comes to receiving Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the means of grace. There is no division. We may have different names for ourselves. We may go about our worship in different ways. But in truth, we are all one body, one people of God. And yet, we divide ourselves up and all sorts of little groups we call ourselves by these denominational names. We focus in on those things that separate us and make us different rather than on those very critical things that make us one in Jesus, that make us one church universal, that make us one body of Christ. We divide ourselves in other ways too. When I was in seminary back in 1989, I visited a county courthouse where they had been engaged for a while in a major remodeling effort. They had removed the wood paneling from the walls in one hallway 
only to discover behind those walls, behind the thin veneer of wood paneling, the whites only sign over one very nice water fountain, and the coloreds only sign over another smaller, much shabbier water fountain. It was startling to see. I remember going into that courthouse before and wondering why you had such a nice water fountain here and such an ugly little water fountain over there. Now I could see why. It was embarrassing to see. I felt so ashamed when I saw it. The whites and colored only signs, fountains and bathrooms all went away before I was old enough to see them and know what they were. But there, in a courthouse in rural North Carolina, those signs had been hidden behind the wall paneling, thinly hidden, but they were still there. This kind of evil, this racism, where whites said that African Americans were not good enough to drink, even drink from the same water fountain as they. A shameful memory, a sinful memory, a horrible indictment of our past that sadly hadn't really gone away in 1989 and still exists in 2020. It was still there then, behind a thin veneer of paneling and plaster, and it's still with us today. Such racism, such separatism, stands in stark contradiction to God's word. We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. In the New Testament period, that was the racial divide between Jews and Greeks, Hebrews and non-Hebrews, between those who had been free people and those who had been or were even still then slaves. Paul made it very clear, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your cultural or religious background may be, no matter your ethnic origin, there is no room for division, racism, segregation, oppression, exclusion in the body of Christ. All are included in the body of Christ. All are called to partake of the means of grace. All are called to pray. All are called to read scripture. All are called to worship. All are called to serve. All are called to give. All are called to be baptized and receive communion. God calls and welcomes all without regard into the one body of Christ, the church. People are different. Don't misunderstand me. There are pastors who can play guitar and sing, and I envy them in this time. I'd love to be able to sit there and play a guitar and sing on a broadcast and bring God's grace to you that way. I can't. I can just talk. We are all given different gifts. We are all different people. 
the amazing grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit levels us out and makes us one, one with each other and one with God. It's why I watch the violence on TV, the violence of a man being killed by police officer, the violence of people throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails and beating people who have nothing to do with that tragedy. And I cry. And I did cry. And I have been crying. Because the gospel calls us to love. The gospel calls us to welcome and to embrace, at least metaphorically, others. The gospel calls us to share God's love with all. And so I cry that we are still so divided. The Holy Spirit brings the gift of joy and peace and grace and love. The Holy Spirit makes us one. The Holy Spirit knits us together. But when we fight it, when we frustrate the grace of God, we do so at our own eternal peril. My friends, God calls us to peace. God calls us to speak out against injustice but also calls us to peace. May we be a Christian people of peace, speaking the love of God, doing the love of God, sharing the love of God with all. And may the grace of the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ, the power and love of the Holy Spirit come upon this land and transform it into God's blessed land, a land blessed by peace and grace, acceptance, and love. I pray. I pray for you. I pray for our nation and for our leaders. I pray for all those who are in harm's way. And I pray for you in your homes, that you continue safe and in God's grace. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon. God bless you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's people say, Amen. In your presence,